You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I am a DJ Impact, and I got Matt Michaels and Sin City Steve here with us. And uh, we're happy that you are here. Um, just a quick shout out. We're probably not going to see Simon Street for a little bit. He's got some things he's got to take care of. Um, he's still with us, so don't trip. But, um, you know, during the meantime, uh, he's just going to be away for a little bit. But, uh, hey, we're still here, and we're getting ready to have a awesome show for you. Pay-per-view a couple of them took place this week. You had Crown Jewel, which took place. And what we're going to start off with first, Bound for Glory. And, um, you know, normally, guys, when we're, when we're talking about Impact Wrestling, it's usually just me doing the segment. But it's great because all of us attended the show, attended the pay-per-view, uh, which was exciting. I, I tell you, I... um. I, I, I had a blast, and I was not upset at, you know, at the presentation that was put together. Now, I will say that um, I, I, I do have some, some issues with who's now the, the women's <laughs> knockout champion, but that's okay. Cause, and by the way, Matt Michaels, before you say anything, because you always shitting on Deanna. You got a chance to see up close and personal how great she is. Despite the fact she did not win the title, she still had it for a year. And you got to see how good she is. Now what you're going to say besides thank you. Um, I'm going to say that they had no one else to put the title on but Nikki James, <laughs> who wasn't even in the company. So, yeah. What? Oh my God! Okay, whatever. <laughs> that legendary uh, Mickey James, who uh, came out of retirement after uh, six years or seven years or nineteen years, however long it's been, and uh, beat your champion Diana Perazzo, uh, who couldn't, who couldn't, uh, you know, fend off uh, a woman who is our age. Okay. Well, listen, she's been in the game for a minute, okay? And Mickey still got it. It's not like she's she's she, she's lost everything that she did back in the day. I mean, come on, look what about Edge? Right? Still got it. Yeah. Okay. Don't Diana Perazzo <laughs> didn't wrestle Edge, brother. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, you're talking about, you know, age. I'm just saying. But anyway, um, yeah. So listen, listen. Diana Perazzo was great on uh, the Jersey Shore. 
So <laughs> I, I can give her that. Oh my lord. Anyways, I you know that was an excellent match, and man, the fans were really uh, was really up. Uh, really involved in that match too, which was uh, which was great. But I tell you that um, that was a moment. Let's just go, you know, go over just a couple of highlights and see if there's just kind of anything. I would tell you this: Sin City Steve, the X Division Championship, El Fantasmo. Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I I haven't I wasn't I'll be real I wasn't familiar with El Fantasmo until he came up on Impact. And he's been doing, you know, excellent moves and things then. But last night, he showed off a few things that I had not seen on Impact Television. This guy's a beast. Dude, yeah. The thing is, I'm so happy that El Fantasmo came over as part of the the whole Forbidden Door Mm -hmm. uh, exercise that's been going on. Because he's a relatively unknown talent to you know, the, the United States national wrestling audience. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great that, you know, he's made, he's made a great name for himself in Japan with new Japan as part of the bullet club. Yeah. And now he, uh, he had kind of a, a, a I would dare I say a bit of um, added mystique to him when he came in. Right. Um, I even, even going up to when he debuted mm-hmm. uh, in impact, I know that you were asking me, Hey, you know, what, what could we expect from this guy? Right. Um, and it, it's great that, you know, so many new talents are being discovered and, and people are getting the shine that they so rightly deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, he was in a match with Trey Miguel and Steve Macklin. And yes, Trey Miguel is the new X division champion. We already know about Trey. I mean, <laughs> I, represent Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, hey, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm happy when he when he had his choice to to leave or to stay that he decided to stay, and I know that was a hard decision for him to make, but um, I mean he's just he's just great for that that particular division, and um, yeah, it was just it was just excited to see him in action. You know, Steve Macklin, he's a powerhouse. He's not necessarily so much about you know doing all the flips and everything, but I mean he showed off what he can do as well. Without a doubt, man, I, I really think that he, you know, dare I say, out of all three of the guys in the match, you know, you mentioned that El, that El Fantasmo showed off a lot. Yeah. For me, um, it, you know, Macklin really showed the most to me because, quite frankly, I'm more so familiar with the other two guys in the match, and I don't feel that, that Macklin was able to showcase right. everything that he was capable of doing, sure. you know, um, working where he worked previously. Right. But uh, I, I think all three of these guys brought it. Um, excellent 14 minute match. Excellent match. Yeah. Well, Matt Michaels, were you inspired at all? Okay. <laughs> Cassie Lee and um, Jessica McKay made their, uh, their entrance in. And um, you know, what's so funny. I'm, <sighs> This is the reason why, you know, whenever they don't use their real names, it's always tough for me because I I have been seeing their names as the inspiration showing up, but the, but their names didn't click to me. I'm just being real. Under their under the under their name names, it just didn't. You know, and then if you just if you saw, and I wish I could put it on um on our on our screen here. But if you saw the photo that they were using for 
their uh, sort of their promo, it don't look like them either. I'm just saying. Because if it would have looked like them, I would have automatically been like, oh, my God, I know who they are. So I was, yeah, I'm be, I'm throwing it out there, guys. I'm embarrassed. So when they you actually know, showed up on the at the top, there, there's <laughs> there is there is a a Simpsons quote from an episode where Homer has a heart attack and he pulls away and the uh, the mechanic's uh, son uh, asks about if he's going if Homer's going away to join Mister So and So So and So. And uh, the mechanic, uh, who I believe is his dad, looks at him and goes, you're a dumb boy, Billy. (laughs) Wow, thanks. Thank you for that. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, the Inspiration Man made their debut. Uh, How exciting was that that match for you? I know they kicked off with a knockout tag team champion against the K. Well, well, let's, let's first say that unlike a certain organization run by a guy with the initials TK... They actually allowed them to come in and win their first match, which yeah. also gave them the titles. So that was nice to see that we didn't have to see them go against the champs and lose right away. <laughs> right. So that was good. Yeah. Um, you you really do have to, though, uh, give it over to uh, Decay for um, really being able to put on a, a well-thought-out match. That That's... And that was the theme of that show. Yeah. The matches in terms of stories, every single match made sense in terms of stories. Yeah. So you didn't have to be someone who necessarily watched Impact. You could watch this pay-per-view by itself and you knew exactly what was happening. And we got to see... Every single title except the tag, the male tag champions, mm-hmm. change, which is very, very unique. Yeah. A great, a great, unique situation. And with this match, they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they were very, um, they were kind of nervous. Um, before the actual match started, they were in the corner closest to us with their backs turned to us. And they were actually holding each other's hands very subtly. And it was a great show of solidarity mm-hmm. because they are such good friends yeah. over the year. But also a show that, hey, we're about to do this. Right. This is you know, a little a little bit of nerve-wracking. And um, with the nerves, um, you know, the, what was cool is that Decay was able to basically – almost in a sense, ring general the match. Yeah. Because they took a lot more of the, uh, the, the, the inspiration took a lot more of the pounding, you know, they took a lot more of the moves. So, right. Yeah. It, it just came off as a well thought out match. Um, and it didn't take any shine off of, uh, Havoc and Rosemary. So, right. Yeah. You can't go wrong. And, um, you know, that was technically the first match of the card um but the pre-show match even um you know established us with a new internet champion whatever the fuck <laughs> the digital means. media yeah. digital <laughs> media <laughs> absolutely uh shout out right here to john and he was hanging out with us he says i think the inspiration going over decay in their debut match was a worse robbery than them winning the tag titles at wrestlemania 
Good on Rosemary and Havoc for doing the job when they didn't have to. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. Giving out some props there. Um, yes, just some other. I'll just mention some of the other matches. The World Tag Team Championship. You had the Good Brothers, Finn Juice versus the Bullet Club, uh, which was uh, Chris Bay and Hikaleu. And you had, um, and I think I said Finn Juice. So, and the Good Brothers won that, which, you know, that's all right. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny is their whole gimmick leading up to it is that they were on vacation. Okay, and they were just doing videos from just different parts of vacation, you know, waiting to see who their opponents was going to be, and they still walk out with it. So, you know, but uh, but shout out. It was good seeing Chris Bay again, guys. And as you know, he's a local favorite for us, so it was good. He got a lot of love as well. So, uh, you know, shout out to Chris Bay. Good seeing him. You had the um, you had to call your shot gauntlet, and there was a lot of um, – uh, people that was in that match, but we got a chance to see the demon and we got a chance to see Melina. So, <laughs> you know, a couple of uh, also don't, don't forget Rocky Romero at the beginning. Rocky too. Romero. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, and, 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 and don't forget, don't forget as well that with that match, you have, what the WWE hadn't done. And this is one of the things that why this match is a, a really entertaining style of match is that you have more of a mix of women into the battle royal. Right. You know, whereas yeah. in WWE, you get one woman thrown <laughs> in every decade. Right. You know, right. And here, you know, there's always that possibility that a woman can win right um and i would have loved to have seen a little more of uh interactions with uh like uh when we saw um uh fulton and tasha steals mm -hmm. and just looking at each other right and fulton is nine feet tall <laughs> like four foot tall it right it was a great image you know this, there was great Types of things like that done. The yeah. demon coming in um, and having Johnny Swinger pull out his autograph book for the demon to sign. Oh my god! Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That's that's a great way to have Swinger participate and a perfect person for him to mark out over. Right. Being that, and he didn't think I. You know, in my mind, it's funny because in my mind, he didn't think it was the demon. He thought it was Gene Simmons. Right. 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 Because it's. Essentially, Swinger and the Demon were in WCW together. So why yeah. would he mark out over? Right. <laughs> right. But man, I mean, man, Swinger knows his role, and he doesn't mind playing it. And it's just great when he, you know, every time he comes out, and he gets a lot of love too, because everyone knows they're about to be entertained when Swinger comes out. So, yeah, good stuff there. Now, of course. Um, the winner of that entire gauntlet match get a chance to have a, f a future shot at any of the title. And of course it only makes sense for you to go for the impact uh, world title, but Moose end up being the person who won that match. Now, hopefully you guys got a chance to hear our interview with uh, Moose that was released about two weeks ago. You know, he said he, 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 he got something up his sleeve. Cause I was, I was a little confused 
especially when the plan was supposed to be that him and W. Morrissey were just going to go through and knock everybody out, which it looked like it was going according to plan for a minute. And then Moose went ahead and knocked out W. Morrissey. Okay. And, of course, doing that got him the uh, the shot. So now we got to go right into Wait, 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 wait. You're skipping one thing. Yes, sir. Who the hell was the guy Moose eliminated to win that match? Who did he pin? Because he doesn't look familiar. To, I don't know who that guy was. Who was it? I'm trying to think. It was, or is it one of the guys? You... I, I don't know him. I if you could refresh my memory, because God, who he he uh, um, there was another guy in the battle royal too. I couldn't identify. Um, you know, apparently you talk about these guys all the time. I have oh, you no talking about clue. oh, you talking about Matt Cordona or um, Brian Myers <laughs> or Brian Myers? Oh <clears throat> man, um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, Moose ended up getting that, and I guess the whole idea with that was at some point. Moose is going to, you know, cash in, we think, in the future. But let's talk a little bit. Since really it, quick, yeah. Impact. I can't, I can't believe that we just glossed over the fact that Moose picked up the win in that, in that gauntlet match over the deathmatch king himself, Matt Cardona. Just no, no commentary on that. I mean, former GCW heavyweight champion, you know, nothing. I got nothing for you, man. I mean, he's like me now with Cordona. I know. (laughs) Well, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not, you're all right about that, but I'm not shocked. I mean, well, hey, yeah, let's, let's let's face it though. Cordona did one thing right, and that was he had Ecto Slime trunks on, he had Ghostbuster ring gear, which was pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. But Cordona just lost Moxley and lost that GCW championship. And now he just lost the opportunity for the title against Moose. Yeah. So Cordona is on a a, a, a very, um, what would you call it? Oh, trajectory, just like he was in the WWE. Oh, boy. So good for <laughs> him. Well, that's at, least not- he has a, at least he has a podcast. Vince can't take that away now. Right. Hey, you know what? By the way, I, I see what Chris just said, and I have a problem yep. with that. Okay, he said Why? if it was if it was Rich Swan, Impact would have been going on a ten minute rant. Well, let me tell you something. It wasn't Rich Swan. So <laughs> Yeah, because he was unceremoniously dumped to the ground midway through that match. <laughs> that is true. Hey, hey, did anyone else notice? <laughs> and I didn't notice until I looked at pictures today. And by the way, if you follow our social media this weekend, we're going to be putting out a bunch of uh, different pictures. Um, <laughs> Rich Swan and uh, Willie Mack together. Rich Swan is starting to look like Willie Mack. What? <laughs> Seriously, dude. He's growing out the beard more and he's looking a little bigger. And it's really funny because. They're, you know, Rich Swan, you know, he used to be just, he had a, a very clean cut look and stuff. 
And now that he's kind of grown out the beard, there's going to be a point where they could start doing like without the masks, the killer bee gimmick of one just getting in the ring and the other one replacing the other one. It's going to be cool. Oh god! Either that or else. Either that or else. I mean, it's kind of like Doink and Dink, you know. <laughs> so which which ones Willie and which one's Swan? Is is Swan the Doink or is he the Dink? I'm I'm not going there. I'll allow Impact to to talk about that. I'm going to try to move on to the to the the next biggest part of what we need to be talking about right now, okay? And that's the Impact World Title match between Christian Cage and Josh Alexander. This right here was uh this right here was the matchup. This is where everyone was excited for. This is where fans were really invested in. Uh, you saw the Canada flags up, which of course both of them are Canadian, but you you know you heard the chants, and it's this is what it meant, and you also heard the chance of bring it home. So you know people. Uh, wait 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 wait. All right, here we go. I think I think the only reason you heard the chance of bring it home is because you were the only one chanting it, and you just heard yourself in no, your head. No, it was. It's be shut up. It was a, quite a few people uh, chanting that. Shame on you. <laughs> you know what, Matt Michaels? Next time we go, I'm going to make sure you're sitting somewhere at the top and out of the way instead of giving you premium seats. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, this, though, was uh, this was the match. And for those who wasn't familiar, I think, if anything, this really showcased uh, Josh Alexander because if he wasn't familiar with this style, you got a chance to really uh, see what he do. And, um, you know, when he was with the North, you know, I mean, he was a beast in, but you really didn't pay attention. I'll be honest with you. You really didn't pay attention to Josh because Ethan was there. And, he, you know, Ethan Page is just, you know, very charismatic. So, and, and, it, and it shows an AEW now. <laughs> right. You know, and now he's behind like 10 guys and a female, but, um, and, and all UFC guys, not even wrestlers. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, but he was the one that, <laughs> that was, uh, was pretty much making the most noise. So, you know, Josh was doing his thing, but you know, it, it just, it just, you just didn't get a chance to see it. And then with the extra vision title, you know, again, like he took out Chris Sabin, which of course, for those who were really watching it, know how much of a big deal that was because Chris been doing this for a while in X division and it just kind of solidified him into now having that belt. Then he just went by and just took out everyone, including Jake something where he did like 10 suplexes, <laughs> you know, which was crazy because Jake's a big guy. So we got a chance to see this match between him and Christian. And um, let me just jump over to you guys you know, before we even get to the overall ending, like, what did you think overall about the match itself? Sin City. I, I, I thought that it was awesome. Uh, the, it was everything that I thought that it could be. Um, quite frankly, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with both of these guys. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't get the opportunity to watch Impact as much as I'd like, but um, – it was it was definitely telling as soon as uh, I got to the show. I mean, I was in line um, for people who weren't uh, at the venue. There was a long, long, long line at the door to get in. And um, everybody was 
buzzing about it. Like every ordinarily when you're waiting in a line to get into a show, you might hear one or two people talking about the show um, or some of the matches on the show, but everybody, as, as we were, you know, going through the queue, everybody was talking about this match. And quite frankly, these dudes delivered, they brought it and, and they, they beat the shit out of each other. There was a lot of great athleticism on display in this, in this match. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the finish was, was definitely um was great as well um there was there was some creativity shown and uh that's all you can ever ask for let's get into this because i, I want to get uh, i know what bat's going to say but I, let's let's just get right into this so you have josh pick up the win this is exciting man we're all well most of us are just celebrating and we're just we're happy for this moment finally first is coming back to impact it's coming it's getting to josh who's gonna work his ass off his wife, his child, they're in the ring. This is a moment, man. I mean, this is this is great. I mean, you know, all right, let's let's all leave now, go in our cars, and we get to go home with a smile on our face. No. Moose comes out, decides to go ahead and and just cash in on what he just won about an hour ago. And you know, and then he then he pins Josh for the three count to take the impact title. And you know what was so crazy? It was Josh at one point, if you saw, he was trying to like get his, (laughs) when he see what was happening, he's now trying to get his wife and kid out of the ring. So they don't get hurt. And Moose, Matt, I'm going to assume that you thought that this was just fucking awesome. The way it ended. Right? Because I just think I like Moose. I'm a Moose fan. But this is bullshit because this was Josh's moment. This was the moment all of us have been waiting for, and you took it away from us. But you probably think this was great, right? Well, um, you know, uh, sometimes um, great stuff happens. um, And um, I think the... uh, First of all, the uh, the coolest thing that I saw was uh, DJ Impact's reaction uh, to this. Uh, oh boy! Yep, yep, yep. There it is. Uh, if you are uh, uh, if you are just listening, uh, you can uh, tune in and uh, you can know that uh, DJ DJ Impact uh, gave us the. Uh, the face uh from oh, uh boy. anyways yeah yeah well, that, that, that was you that was you yesterday that's that was not me and, and and by the way guys just so you know hey where's sensitive steve go I, I guess he was shocked too <laughs> anyways uh just so you guys know what he's showing he's showing a picture of the fan who was shocked i think that was the moment that uh, the Taker, Undertaker lost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Undertaker lost. WrestleMania streak. Yeah. So yeah. that's the picture he showed. That wasn't me, but I get what he's trying to say. Um, uh, well, I, all right. So a couple things. Yeah. First, let's start at uh, Steve's comment about the line. Um, for any of you who are paying any attention this week to what was going on with uh, where Steve was supposed to be, and he he couldn't be which was the Jericho cruise, Steve, you lucked out because no the shit. Impact 
was probably just a little bit shorter than the lines to get on the cruise, which was <laughs> over four hours. Thanks, CBS. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy shit going on with that. But uh, one of the longest lines that Samstown has had for a show in the history of the, the shows being run there. Okay. Um, so that was great to see. Yeah. Second thing. Um, I absolutely despise video packages that use family, especially kids, to make you get emotional, okay? Because it's manipulation. Because it's not about the family, right? It's about the match, okay? And on top of that, you have the wife and kid there. So to me, it was only fair to uh, have the wife and kid in the ring you know, coming together and to have my boy Moose get in that ring, hand over the trophy, Brian Hebner. I'm going to tell you, if you go back, you watch this, watch Brian Hebner. I don't know how many shots they got of this before Moose came in, but when the wife and kid come into the ring, Brian Hebner has a look of concern on his face. Like, like who is this person entering the ring? (laughs) <laughs> Which was very, very kind of funny to me because, you know, Hebner is very intense. So it looked like at any moment he thought she was going to hit him with a fucking chair or something. Okay. <laughs> then Moose gets in the ring and now Brian Hebner looks really concerned <laughs> that he's about to have to ring the bell when the wife and kid are in the ring, which is great. So he grabs the trophy. He rings the bell. Moose just spears fucking his ass, uh, you know, uh, uh, Josh's ass, to the ground, pins him one, two, three. Hebner gives him the belt. The wife is down by Josh. The kid is down by Josh. The wife is starting to cry. The kid is starting to cry and think, I hope the fuck they did not tell the kid that this was going to happen because that is fucking awesome. And by the way, for any of you who go, you're a dick, yeah, okay, but also the kid afterwards in the lobby was having a time of his life with his mom taking pictures with fans. So the kid was not concerned at all after it happened. Okay. Which was explained to him at some point afterwards or beforehand, but most likely afterwards. So Moose then grabs the belt and does what any good champion should be doing. And that is standing right above the man straddling over him with the belt and looking down on the family that he just devastated. It was one of the best things that has done been done in wrestling in a long time. Thank you very much for not fucking this up, Impact. It was wonderful. <laughs> and also, in yeah. watching that match with Christian, uh, I don't know about you two, but it hit me during the match. Um, D'Lo, first of all, also, listen to commentary. D'Lo is phenomenal. When Josh won the title, D'Lo just fucking jumped up and just the look on his face was just like, you know, I can't believe he beat Christian. It, yeah. it was fucking amazing. But the thought hit me. Holy shit. Didn't Christian and D'Lo feud over the European title 20 years ago? <laughs> and here he, here's Christian, the Impact champion, and D'Lo doing commentary on impact. It was just like, I kind of wanted to see D'Lo get the chance of becoming the champion at that point, because, you know, apparently any old, old sod can get in the, 
to ring and be a champion. It, uh, Impact. And oh, by the way, Steve, the only reason you love the, the card is because half the card was uh, AEW guys. <laughs> hey, hey, you'll have to talk to Impact about that one. He always loves he always loves to bring up how everybody's ex WWE that's on the AEW roster. I'm just gonna leave that there. It's all good. But congratulations to Moose, man. Uh, you know, uh, it was asked to me um, by our, our friend Glenn. Uh, you know, well, but didn't Moose have the title? Moose had the Grand Championship, which wasn't the Impact title. Um, he also carried around the TNA championship. If you listen to the interview, you'll, you'll hear DJ bring that up. Um, and you'll also hear some, some great commentary about what Moose feels it is like being a champion who happens to be an African-American and surprised DJ with his answer. It, it was a very interesting answer. So listen to the interview and hear what he has to say about now being the world champion of impact um it's it's phenomenal and um man it was just great to see him he, you know that he is and by the way guys he did just sign a five-year extension so thank god that it wasn't just like you signed a five-year extension hey you're going to be wrestling johnny swinger for the next five years <laughs> No shit. Well, yeah. Listen, overall, it was great. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, the ending was, it, it was, it was, it was really, it, it was great the way it turned out. But I, man, I mean, I guess Josh did have his moment, but it was just for 45 seconds. But um, great stuff, man. And and shout out to Vegas. I mean, they showed out. You heard the guys talk about how long the line was. I mean, it was sold out just to see that many people. We've been to other Impact shows. We've been to Ring of Honor shows. We've been to FSW shows. But we have we have never seen where every seat was pretty much filled in. And, I mean, every, Vegas showed out. And, um, I'm, you know. The only rival to it mm-hmm. has been uh, when FSW has done their Mecca shows or yep. the anniversary shows. Oh, okay. the, the anniversary show in uh, 2019 was a phenomenal sellout and gotcha. rivaled that type of, you know, that amount of people. Now, a friend of mine also, Christopher, brought up a great point, mm-hmm. and he said that it was a shame that a lot of the show was shot from the, the, uh, the hard camp. Because the hard cam was shooting towards the stage, which means that, by the way, DJ, you get to see us a lot. Right. You know, sure. be it farther away. Yeah. Um, but you don't get the depth and perception of how packed that place was. Right. But there, I guess there's, I mean, what other way they could have did it? I guess they could have maybe did it instead of north you, you and south, a, east and west. You You use a lot more of the jib. Because the jib is is oh, your right. crane shot, gotcha, gotcha. so you can use more of the jib, and you also have um, more of the um, the sh- the shots from the roaming camera guy um, shooting, right. you know, kind of upwards, so that when you see the ring, you you kind of see that um, arc of fans out there. Right, gotcha. Yeah, but um, right, so great turnout and. Um, I'm sure there are still some people. Actually, it's the tapings are going on tonight, and they'll be going on uh, Monday as well. So if you missed your opportunity of uh, not being a part of this show, they're going to be back next month for a turning point. 
and I believe that's November 20th. And then they have um, uh, two tapings the following uh, nights there too. So, hey, if you're local, get your tickets. It's something that you you shouldn't miss. I mean, this was this was an awesome show, and I I just had a ball. So, we'll move on, guys, from that. Let's talk a little bit of just a little bit about the uh, crown jewel. We know that really none of us really watched it, but um, I will say this: there are some things that's definitely uh, worth mentioning, and one of them is we got our king and queen right <laughs> now. Um, we have our king Xavier who went over Finn Balor, so that was awesome. I kind of thought that. When those two were going to fight, I I mean, Xavier would, from that point, seem like he would be the obvious one um, for that. So I'm glad that they went that way. For Drop and Zelina Vega, I, 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 I didn't know which way they were going to go, but Zelina took that, and man, that's awesome. It's awesome for her. Let's see what both of them do uh, with, you know, having this role. So, well, and, and don't forget to, and yeah. this is very important. Um, I think one of the things we talked about last week, which really kind of put an emphasis on exactly what they did, mm-hmm. and that was one was going to be a face, one was going to be a heel, right? So, basically, as soon as you knew that Selena Vega won, then it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Xavier was going to win for the most part. Um, both of the guys were faces. Yeah. And I didn't think about that last week. So it should have basically had said to us, Zelina's going to win. Um, and then if we can jump into SmackDown, just kind of following up on that. Sure. The the um, the thing about the fact that um, Xavier Woods is now the king, does it seem to you guys that we might be seeing a heel Xavier Woods? <laughs> no. I think it's going to be the other way around. The Kofi turn? I, th- I, th- I think that Kofi is going to turn. The only reason I say the, the possible heel Xavier is um, if if I can grab this really quick here. Um, in in one of his uh, comments here when he, uh, you know, was given the, uh, the cape and the crown uh, by him, uh, Um, so, you know, this is, this is going to be interesting because Kofi was the one who read the King's gospel and asked the crowd to hail King Woods. So now we're going to have to see, is that going to be a, their turn together where they become heels together? Will it be Kofi's turn on him? Meaning that Kofi is basically going to be the one saying that people should be bowing down to you and Xavier doesn't want any part of that essentially or is Xavier going to be the one who starts being a dick and Kofi you know stops it we we got a nice little thing that could go any way you know of three different ways I think yeah a lot of different layers to that onion for sure good stuff yeah So we'll see where that goes. Let's talk about the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Now, again, I, I'm looking at the highlights, but I'm going to tell you one thing, man. <laughs> From what happened was just 
amazing and brilliant, okay? Because all of this is pretty much going to be on what is Paul Heyman going to do? That's that's pretty much what the match was going to be about, is what was he going to do? So now it comes to a point that both of these guys have pretty much knocked themselves out. But before that, you had Brock accidentally knocking over the ref, which, of course, when that happens, that's when the shenanigans start. But they both eventually now, on the mat, you got Paul that's got the belt in his hands, and he's like, whoever gets this belt is going to get the advantage. What does Paul do? He takes the belt and throws it in the middle, which, by the way, that was like a great throw. Because, you know, any more to the left or any more to the right could have seemed like it could have went to that person, but it was right dead in the middle. And it caused both of them to fight for that belt, which they're going to illegally use it on, 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 on each other, whoever's the one that got it. Man, of course... The 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 outcome of that, uh, you get a little bit of some Usos involvement. Uh, but before you know it, our uh, tribal chief, of course, ends up being the uh, being the winner. And I guess, guys, because we going back to now the SmackDown, you know, you had Roman <laughs> said, you know, apparently. Uh, 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 Paul, you seem to not know, you know, kind of what your job, what your like role is. So is this, I'm just curious, the way you guys see this, is this ultimately, eventually going to come to Paul screwing Roman at some point down the line? Is that where you guys see that? Or do you just see that as these are just all other planets that these are really all just mistakes? that Paul is doing. Steve, do you want to tackle that first? I, I, I think that it's uh, at the end of it, Heyman will have to make a choice and he will screw one of the two guys over. Um, it, it That's a foregone conclusion. Um, it all depends on what lies ahead for Roman and what lies ahead for Brock. Uh, personally, I think that realistically, I see him actually turning on Brock. Um, and the reason why is obviously that that will do nothing but um, further the bloodline storyline and also add more momentum uh, as we head into Rumble season and Mania season. Okay. I can see that. And I guess another um, way of looking at that too is I guess Brock isn't full time either. I guess you can look at it like that. So, okay. I got it now. Go ahead, man. So, so um, first, let me say a uh, shout out to John. He's having a little bit of internet issues. So uh, he kind of reached out uh, and uh, private messaged me. He wanted to um, just reiterate the fact that Pat McAfee is the best fucking color commentator in the oh, business. He is. He is. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to look at um, Jesse Ventura, um, Bobby Heaton. The King and uh, Pat McAfee. Um, those probably are your three greatest color commentators, um, especially as John pointed out um, that uh, he 
Okay, so Brock, obviously on SmackDown, then comes out and goes on a fucking rampage. By the way, the best 30 minutes of SmackDown yes. in the longest time. Yes. Um, the, the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes of SmackDown is if Fox is the ones pushing the envelope to be what it is, to be more of a competitive, real-looking thing, then they're doing a great job. Yeah. So when Brock comes out and he starts this fucking rampage and just, you know, you have the guys coming from backstage, McAfee is yelling out, Boogs, get out of there. Get out of there because he just want him to get hurt. Right. And then, and then the other thing he pointed out was following the backstage statement uh, or during the following backstage segment. Uh, he, he says, hey, was that Drew Gulak? <laughs> and it's just like you know yeah. it's just it's just great shit right um so i i think that i think that we're looking at this a little too simplistically and here's the scenario that i think makes the most sense paul Heyman does screw roman at some point either Survivor Series or at the Rumble. He then, by doing that, has secured Brock Lesnar as the champion. He comes out the next night and cuts a promo about how this was the plan all along. Brock comes out with the championship belt. Brock is handed the mic. And Brock F5s Heyman right then and there. Brock uses Paul all along to become the champion. And hmm. this way, Heyman isn't with Brock or Roman. Heyman gets to get off TV for a little bit, get a refresher before he comes back. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Because the one thing that... that the one thing that we've seen from Brock that we've not seen in the past is that Brock is actually being shown as a smarter guy because before the character was never really uh, associated with having brains or he was just the brawn. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul was the brains. But since he's been gone, right. Roman, uh, Roman has made Paul a sniveling, you know, little twit. And Brock has seen this. Right. He forms the plan in his mind. Brock is the one texting him, and, and Paul is in on it. And then as soon as Brock uses him, disposes of him, and now you got yourself some more story. Going back to that SmackDown, man, it that was just, that like you say, the first 30 minutes and the last, but that first 30 minutes was just awesome. Uh, I love the line Roman said. I, I I beat Brock so bad he's tweeting now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, but man, that that whole rampage he went through, man. I don't know who that guy was that had that suit on who went who flew like several feet across. I was just like, whoa, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I think you're you're not aware of how much power you have there, okay, Brock, because you just really just really tossed the man way over to the other side. 
I mean, and what happened to Adam? I mean, it wasn't planned for his pants to get ripped like that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and then telling him, I didn't, I didn't hear you. I mean, great. Since and, and, by the, and by the way, really yeah, quick, yeah. kudos for Adam Pierce. Um, Adam Pierce. Yes. Adam Paris started back in the early 2000s in Southern California, mm -hmm. worked his ass off to finally get an opportunity to get a position with the WWE, has been fabulous this whole time, and has did, he, he did little things, uh, including when that happened to him, which was brilliant. He's now dying with the... Because he was choked out. Right. He's got to be thrown... A lot of people won't do that kind of shit. Right. So the thought process and exactly how this pr was presented shows that they're putting the time into things. Right. And, hey, if it's because of AEW, again, this is why you don't poke the bear. Because all of a sudden, the bear starts showing that, yeah, I still might have a few tricks up my sleeve. Because the program starts getting better. <laughs> That's tough. Com com competition is always good. It's, good. it's always good. So it, even yeah. whether it was because of AEW or whatever reason it is, it's yeah. about fucking time. That's yeah. it when it comes to uh, Crown Jewel. I know there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened. but Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really quick. Well, go ahead. Let's continue. It's no, it's no, 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 just really quick. Sure. And, and I know that uh, there's two things. First, um, SmackDown uh, coming out of Crown Jewel, uh, we had the exchanging of belts between Becky and Charlotte. We're not going to talk about that right here and now because we're going to talk about that in three counts. So if you're listening to this on the, uh, on the uh, podcast app, please tune into three count to hear our extended thoughts on that whole thing, because there's a whole big story going on with that. You're going to want to hear about number two, even though we were busy, even though it was hard to catch a Thursday pay-per-view and make time during all this shit going on with so much wrestling this weekend, the match that is being talked about and is literally be being told that it stole the fucking show was the hell in the cell between Seth and edge. So please go out of your way to watch that and um, see if you agree. Reach out to us on social media if you agree uh, your thoughts about that match as well because that has been talked about as one of the best fucking things in a long time as well. So just want to make sure they got credit because those two have worked their fucking ass off on this story as well. And um, it'd be a shame not to give them any recognition. And we'll probably see on Raw... Uh, either if you're listening to this on the uh, podcast apps tonight uh, or, you know, obviously tomorrow if you're watching this live. So uh, we'll see what happens in the fallout between Edge and Seth. And is it finally over? Uh, Chris says, uh, where's Jade when you need her? <laughs> I love it. Um, just a couple of this, man. So that's kind of crown jewel right there and, and good call out there for uh, Matt Michaels. Just a little bit on SmackDown. Uh, we did get a chance to see that Sami Zayn's got some new music, which is, uh, you know, different for him, right? About it's, it, fucking it's, time. <laughs> it's about time, but also his theme was way too babyface-ish for his heel character. Right. Yep. So now you take out the 
the part at the beginning and the let's go and the happy jumpy all sorts of shit right i'm all for it yeah and uh, lastly, I want to mention, I thought it was a great uh, debut for Hit Row. I thought that uh, I liked what I saw there. And I really love how, you know, when they did their normal walk into the ring, you know, doing their promo. But as they were going to commercial, it went right into their video promo. And I just thought that transition was just like perfect because that promo video was fire. Uh, so it's great to see, you know, how, what we're going to get from this particular group. But yeah, that was also, yeah. Mm -hmm. along those lines. I, I just want to address yeah. again, the genius that is Dave Meltzer who uh, just came out and declared that hit row is now being led by top dollar and he's going to be a singles push guy and swerve what? and Adonis are going to be attacked. Yes, sir. He came out and said that this week. Um, and, and, and through different sources, you know, and reposting and that kind of shit, this circulated that top dollar is now the head because of the feud that he had with the bucks and that swerve and Adonis are going to be the tag team. And, um, yeah, he was right on the mark on that one. Nice job, Dave. You, <laughs> my friend are the winner of the week. <laughs> my God. Yep. Well, like anything, watch where you get your uh, news or sources from, right? Um, Facts. <laughs> um, I know we it's nothing really for Raw to talk about uh, because it was leading every to Crown Jewel, but I just wanted to mention right quick that the Bianca versus Charlotte uh, match I actually thought was really good. You know, I I I I, I was expecting to probably was going to get an end that way. It would have been great if it if it didn't, but I thought that that match. It makes you definitely want to look for something later in the future uh, between them, more on the bigger scale. But I just wanted to mention that that match from Raw was uh, was was good. Um, all right. Hey, really quick yeah, along man. those lines, yeah. And I, I'm just I'm want to look at this. Yes. So at Crown Jewel, yeah. Um, if you get a chance to watch the uh, the women's match, the mm -hmm. um, the uh, Bianca and Sasha and Becky, um. Bianca Belair posts Sasha Banks with one arm. Oh, yeah. I so saw Sasha that. Sasha is posting on the shoulders with her two hands, and Bianca is holding her one fucking arm. Yeah. That, my friend, is a superstar. And by the way, again, three count, you want to tune in because we're going to talk about a little list published by PWI. That gave the listing of the 500 uh, top women uh, list this year. And uh, we'll talk about uh, Miss Bianca and uh, things going on with that list, man. Awesome. All right. Sin City, you should be excited. We're going to jump right over into AEW. I guess we probably should just start off with some Rampage. And um... yeah, why not go in chronological order? <laughs> well, I will tell you this. I, I'll say this, okay, because we already know that I, I'll give, I'll give credit that the 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 pack on Friday match was awesome. I ain't gonna even shit on that, okay? Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, but I, this is the question I gotta ask in terms of the Orange Cassidy and the Powerhouse Hobbs. So is Powerhouse, like, is Hobbs supposed to be a joke? Because I'm confused what they're doing with him. It made no sense for him 
to I take the L for that match. And I'm looking at that going, this is the type of stupid shit that makes me not like AEW. And I, I don't want to take that approach. But tell me, what am I missing with what they're doing with Hobbs? So ultimately, you have to look at who's more over between the two of those guys. Okay. And the answer to that question is obviously Orange Cassidy. Well, that's true, but Cassidy is also... He, he generate, okay. I, I was just going to say, he generates more buzz. Um, typically, his segments are some of the highest rated um, out of out of the entire show. Okay. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about ratings and all that kind of fun shit in three count. So stay mm-hmm. tuned. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there's quite a bit of stuff that goes with it. Plus, let's be real. This is a tournament. So we have to plan out those brackets accordingly. Um, so I, I'm, but why use like Hobbs instead of that other guy who comes out with Hobbs? I don't know his name, but why not use Hook. that? Yeah. Why not use him instead? Why Hobbs? I mean, it doesn't, it, Taz, Taz's son is, uh, not Hook in is, ring shape. Yeah. He's, he's greener than goose shit. So yeah. you can't have Hook wrestle. And yeah. unfortunately this, um, you know, this has been something that's been talked about in the recent uh, last couple of months about how the fact that AEW doesn't necessarily put a good spin on African-American wrestlers and Hobbs, who is he's got a lot of potential, man. Um, so it's upsetting to see that aspect, especially to Orange Cassidy, because Hobbs is a monster compared to Cassidy. OK, so so that is my take on that. Um, but at the same time. They're also fucking around with Wardlow as well. So you yeah. got two of the biggest monsters you could have, and they just kind of, yeah, we'll just mid-card them. I guess. It, re- realistically, let's call it what it is. Anybody who, as they're looking at this tournament bracket, anybody who has anything pegged for the finals other than Brian Danielson and John Moxley is fucking delusional. So even if Hobbs would have won this match, he definitely would have lost in the next round. No question. So, sure, but that that probably would be more believable than this. You had an injured, you have an injured Orange Cassidy, okay, going against Powerhouse, not just Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay, how how did, how did how did Orange Cassidy pick up the win? How did he win the match? It was a uh, I don't know. It was like a quick, uh, some sort of a quick three count. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was. It was even viewed as a fluke. Literally, Hobbs got his shoulder up at, you know, 3.1 seconds. So, it, and ironically enough, and we'll talk about this in a little bit with, with NXT, but there was also a finish to um, a match on NXT where it was the exact same shit. So, it, it, I think that both promotions are, you know, I don't want to say sacrificing character arcs of people, but they are, you know, continuing to to boost the fact that yes, fluke pins happen. Uh, fluke victories happen. Now, realistically, this will probably turn into orange Cassidy. I don't know, maybe getting jumped after the next match, um, by Hobbs. I don't know if they're going to feud. Um, realistically, if you look at it, if you're involved with team Taz, that's almost a death sentence for your character on the roster because, (laughs) There's there's nothing that is good on that roster that is involved with Team Taz, whether you're feuding with them or whether you're on Team Taz. Right. Okay, I got you. And it's sad to say. It's really sad to say, but yeah. that's that's just how it is at this point. Um, I mean, if if you look at there, look at look at the the guys that have been involved. 
Brian Cage, okay, that's long and, and storied. We all know how much he's being misused. Ricky Starks, call it what you will, he is being misused as well. Um, he does have the most visibility out of everyone in that faction, but he is definitely being underused for sure. Okay. All right. Well, take it on, sir. Sorry about that. I just wanted to get that no, no, thing no. off because I was I was like, <laughs> I looked at my TV like, huh? Like, uh. <laughs> And, and that's the thing is, um, you know, they have a, they, they have a way of starting off with people that get the crowd up and going. Um, so you have Orange Cassidy who comes out and the fans fucking love him. I got a question um, for you, though. Has he been? Yeah. Has he hasn't been champion? Has he been champion for anything yet? No. Only reason why I'm asking that. I, 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 I don't I don't think that I think he's going to be one of those characters that doesn't need a championship. And quite frankly, if he did win the championship, he probably wouldn't even wear it on his shoulder or around his waist. He'd just drag it on the ground. This is what I, this is which, what, which could be an interesting visual. Right. But, yeah. This is the, what concerned me. They, I took a picture of this on my TV. His singles record is 18 2 1. So he's got this amazing winning record, yeah. but not to a point where, you know, to be champion, I guess. Like, is there anybody? I mean, someone who has a record like that is up there where Moxley and Jericho, uh, right? Don't they have like these? Okay, I'm just saying because so, it's so. So they're going to get so impact. Yeah. You you may you may actually have just answered your own question. I did. Yeah, because oh. Orange Cassidy's win loss record, if wins and losses matter. <laughs> Okay. then that actually determines his place on the card. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. Please, please carry on. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I Normally, I don't say much about AEW. AEW hey. You do it, but, you know. Dude, I'm, I'm just ahead. glad you watched the fucking show this week. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, elsewhere, um, on Rampage, let's talk about Andrade El Idolo versus Pac. Pac, Pac, whatever. Um Fucking solid match. These guys absolutely brought it. Um, now, obviously, um, Matt had mentioned the Jericho cruise earlier on in the show. So this this episode of Rampage was pre-recorded last week. So the spoilers were out there on the internet. Um, I always go out of my way to avoid spoilers. Um, but I did hear that the uh, this main event between Andrade and Pac Absolutely stole the show, and the there was a lot of hype behind this match as possibly being one of the one of the better matches um, so far this year on AEW Free TV. So I I personally thought that it lived up to that though. Uh, I thought that both of these guys did amazingly well, um, and they told a great story. And you know the uh, the post match stuff was also pretty fun. Um, I don't know if what happened after the match if we're going to be uh, you know, seeing some strange alliances, but uh, post-match, you had the lights go out. Malachi Black was uh, shown in the ring. He uh, had a little bit of a face-off with Andrade and Pac and then sprayed the black mist in Pac's face. Um, the two decided to uh, to beat down Pac a little bit more, and then that bright young upstart Cody Rhodes came out and made the save for Pac. <laughs> Well, the fans seem like they were, these fans were more excited about it because I've heard other fans hate it. 
<laughs> when he comes out. Dude, so here's the thing. I don't know if if TK and the boys are guilty of crowd sweetening on this one. Mm. Agree. Okay. That because he's been booed. Cody Rhodes has been booed in every single right. arena he's been in <laughs> right. for the last three months. And then this taped show right. just out of nowhere, <laughs> Cody Rhodes comes out and he just happens to get a good ovation. Right. Yeah. You know what, Steve, in all honesty, I'm sure that after the fans have been watching the Rhodes reality show, <laughs> that he is now a <laughs> favorite. <laughs> That's what we oh, gotta start doing. We gotta start watching these shows, so it, it, it nope, changes. Not our, it <laughs> changes our our idea of them. <laughs> I, I don't get paid enough to do that shit. Right. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So that was that was rampage. Um. You also did have a decent match uh, between Anna J and Doctor Britt Baker DMD. Um. Again, solid match. Uh. Britt Baker picked up the win. Um, not nothing really of note occurred in that other than Ty Conti came out and evidently it's going to be Ty Conti versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD at full gear. So there you go. go. Another, another ex WWE factory person. There you go. Impact. (laughs) Whatever. (sighs) Anyway, then, um, let's just, uh, let's talk a little bit about AEW dynamite um from the 23rd of october um show kicked off with probably and yeah i'll go ahead and say it probably one of my favorite matches in the last couple of years that i've seen from dustin Rhodes. oh from dust dude but the brian danielson dustin Rhodes match was was pretty solid i thought um, I thought Brian had to brings it every time. Though. I thought Brian had to, in many ways, seem like he had to kind of dumb down some of his performance to for Dustin to be able to handle it because it was just at, at the first ten minutes I was questioning why the hell is Dustin even out there? You know what I mean? It was just like what's going on, and um, you know I mean it picked up, but I but you. You could tell Brian could do a lot more than what he normally does. I mean, it was it was all right. I I wouldn't put that in one of my top or best, but you know, I did what it needed to do. I I was I was only saying that it was one of my favorite matches I've seen from Dustin. Got you, got you. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying yeah. one of my favorite matches from AEW. Sure, but um, you know, Dustin Rhodes to be 50 years old and you know doing what he did. Yes. You could tell, as you mentioned that, that um, Danielson had to dumb it down a little bit, but I, I still thought that, that Rhodes, you know, showed that he had a little bit left in the tank and was able to, you know, make a decent match of it. Um, realistically speaking, I don't know how much, uh, how, how, for how much longer we're going to be able to see these two guys go at it. So if nothing else, this could have been a way to get that match and actually get Brian Danielson versus versus Dustin Rhodes while we can. So take that as you will. Gotcha. Um, Elsewhere on the show, uh, you had another first round match in the, uh, the world title eliminator tournament, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. (sighs) Well, let me start off with this. things, Things were going all right. Yeah, but then 
Yeah. Yeah, Justin Botch said, has uh, happened. Justin said, how about that Archer botched moonsault? <laughs> Landed right on his fucking head, dude. And, and right on way, his he, fucking head. And, and he did tweet out he is okay. So thank God for that. But no that could have been bad. Could have been really bad. Like, he he's 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 a big dude. And for him to land with all of his weight on his head. The, the only the only comparable thing I think we've ever seen with a guy that size is Brock Lesnar in uh, WrestleMania against yep. Angle. And he did oh, essentially yeah. the same star. fucking thing. Yeah. 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 With the shooting star press. Yep. Yeah. Um, and realistically, I mean, you know, they had to have the, the improv at the, at the end of the match there. Um, and it, you know, it, it, obviously they had to make sure that Archer was okay to be able to, to take the, uh, Lamahi straw cradle, but, uh, thankfully that happened. Kingston picks up the win. And, uh, now we get to see, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson in the next round of the tournament. You know, I, I got to say, unfortunately, to me, Eddie Kingston has a mouth, but, you know. Anyway. I would have I, I would have much rather have seen Lance Archer uh, move on. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but um, you know, it, it really does kind of make you wonder if that was going to be the plan. Um, yeah. Because I think, I think if you're going to, if this tournament shakes out the way that I think it's going to with... Um, you know, Danielson and Moxley and Danielson winning in the end. Um, why not put him up against the biggest and the baddest? Um, so, cause you already had him beat the, you know, the um, one of the EVPs uh, of, of the company. Well, Dustin's not an EVP, but um, he's close enough. Um, you have him beat him in the first round. You have him go out and beat Archer in the second round. And then uh, you have him beat Moxley in the finals. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's uh, it it is what it is. I'm glad oh, that however, I'm glad Archer's okay. Steve, you you actually just said something that does make sense though, and that is he beats Kingston, who is Moxley's buddy buddy. Bingo. So it does kind of you know if this wasn't planned, then it, it was a great save. But if it was planned, it does make sense why they would go that way to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. Um, elsewhere, call it what you will. Dan Lambert is probably one of the best promos on this show every week. Yeah. Um, the, the guy, the guy draws one hell of a reaction. There are some things that he says where he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) But on the whole, it's like, he gets the crowd into it. Unlike almost anyone else on the show. He seems like the one. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, DJ. Only thing I was gonna say was uh, one thing I would give him credit for is the fact that you know they're clearly trying to to make enough noise so that he, he can barely hear himself uh, talk at a lot of those uh, ones I've seen. He does a good job with not letting that distract him. <laughs> you know where we've seen people. I mean, I'm giving him credit in terms of that. Um, but so, but but the the following the follow up to that, I'm glad you said that. Follow up to it is my problem with this guy. He doesn't fucking know anything about dynamics. All the guy does is go out there and he screams, <laughs> and it really fucking turns turns me off. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You know what? Watch feed, watch people who do promos very well. But you'll they, see 
But let me psychology. Ask you, but is he? But is he screaming because he can't get his voice over because they're yelling so loud? Maybe he feels he's, he has to do that. He's not a performer. He's not well, a guy. That. Who, yeah, sure. You know that's that's it. And the basic rule of performance, and you see this in any young wrestler or any young actor, mm-hmm. is if you don't know the um, the ins and outs, if you don't know how to do a well, you know, thought out performance, you go to one note, you play one note and you go back in the history of wrestling. You can see guys who have played one note for the longest time. As soon as they figure it out, they become superstars. So I don't know. It's yeah. it's just the whole UFC thing. It's just really fucking awful. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't buy into it. I feel you. Go ahead. Sin City. Well, and then finally, let's talk about, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Hooray! Cody gets his win back. Just what everybody wanted. Uh, eh. I mean, granted, yes, it took it took Cody using the crossroads and a Tiger Driver ninety eight, which I always mark out for that move anytime I see it, because holy shit, if it's not done perfectly, it's a problem. Um, but yeah, it uh, it was what it was. And, uh, yeah, Cody got his win back to the delight of absolutely no one. They really just fucked pull, up. Just pull the fucking trigger and make this dude a fucking heel. Like, exactly. I know he, I know he doesn't want to do it, but, my God, he's, he's not going to escape this shit unless you have him wrestle every week on a taped rampage, which that might be their idea. Who knows? <laughs> and, and the biggest fuck-up of this whole thing is the fact that Malachi Black is over. So why would shit? You know, and these are guys now, and again, we can get we'll get to this kind of in three count here. But um if you really want to point and say these guys know wrestling, okay? Guys like Cody Rhodes, dad, right? Should know wrestling pretty good. Now, is it ego driven? Possibly. But if TK is going to come out and say that he's the genius behind all this fucking booking, then this shows that he doesn't know wrestling Mm -hmm. because you can feel. Could you imagine if the WWE at WrestleMania 13 went, yeah, we're going to keep Bret Hart a baby face. We'll let Austin stay a heel. Right. Well, just for your point here, uh, Chris says the 2021 Cody Rose equal 1995-96 Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Facts. Sure. Facts. Yeah. Completely agree. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty much it, Sin City. Yeah, that's pretty much that's it, man. Right. Uh, cool. Pretty pretty solid yeah. effort from uh, from AEW this week. No doubt. Um, and you could be my accountability uh, buddy. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Impact. Yes. Impact. Yeah. I will be your accountability buddy. There you go. Hold, hold me accountable. All right. Cool. Um, there was no ROH. Uh, and by the way, the reason why I, I, I mentioned that is because it was a MJF segment. So that's the reason why I, I yeah, just throw it out there for someone to go. Why did he say that? Um, and, and best thing on the show. To yeah. Be quite honest. That <laughs> fucking segment was beautiful and sean spears 
for once in his fucking career, did something that was notable. Yeah. With his reaction to that. Right. That's it. That Sean, call tonight, hang up your trunks. You're done. You did the best thing you ever do in your career. Nice job, buddy. Right. I I I agree with that. I I popped for his reaction to that. That was funny. yeah, yep. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So there was no Ring of Honor on TV this week. Looked like they maybe doing a bye week or or something. So uh, nothing to uh, talk about there. Which means we can move over to New Japan, and I'm sure we finally got some uh, some. Why are you looking at me like that, Matt Michaels? I don't know. I thought the WWE had another program in there somewhere this week. Well, that is true. (laughs) I guess if we got to talk about it, you know, their their big show we're going to be talking about is going to be huge for next week. But let's talk about it. NXT. Uh, What did we get on this week's show? That excited. We got a we got a brilliant fucking brilliant start with Carmelo Hayes, who is going to be what one of the fucking best things that nxt has seen in a long time i think carmelo hayes his stock is going up that motherfucker i agree he's bringing it and the brilliance of using johnny gargano in this position especially with hayes having his essentially diesel with him um so you break in the new guy a little slower and that whole thing about you know that Indy's his uh, sister now, or his daughter now. And his daughter, yeah. His, his brother-in-law is now his son, and Loomis is right behind. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to see them, uh, you know, at least kind of starting to get the shine on in this match at Halloween Havoc. It should be fucking pretty sweet. Good way to start out the show. Really was. Um, I did put this note down, and I'm, and, yeah. and I'm just curious. Um, is... Cora Jade supposed to be the female Darby Allen. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I just I don't know. I, I, but, I put that in my notes and I'm <laughs> I I'm I mean it makes sense. Okay. It, it makes sense just you know she doesn't choose to paint half her face. Yeah, I mean since, why would I mean why why do okay since uh Gigi's on uh NXT though I probably wouldn't uh mention Darby Allen in NXT in the same breath. So Yeah, that that would be extremely odd. Gotcha. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, man. Um yeah. What else you got um, anything? We we uh you know, we got to uh I I think that um Santos Escobar and Carmelo Hayes again, you know, we could see something going on very good with those two when it comes to to uh that possibility of, of a little bit of a feud um, and we'll make Escobar face. I think that those guys are going face uh, coming up here um, as well as they should be. Let's hope. Uh, boy, Shirai uh, carrying the match. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Her back's got to be killing her. <laughs> um, and, J- and Jane was, was hurt. So um you know, uh, Jason Jane, what what are we going to do when you get in that situation again? Uh, but, man, spinning that wheel and that tag team championship match is going to be a scare away to hell ladder match. Woo-hoo. 
boy, I am uh, really excited to see what Shirai and Zoe do in this match. Um, and Indy and uh, oh God, this this could be. First of all, it could be the tag team championship change. Uh, we might we might be seeing new tag champs with uh, with Indy, um, and uh, should be should be fucking great. I love that being the gimmick. Uh, for that one. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Tony D'Angelo, I, I, is it going to work? Um, <laughs> all, all, all I, all I want to say is how many people will he end up throwing in trunks? <laughs> and if they don't bring back little Guido, uh, you know, or Vito to, uh, you know, be like, his mentor i think that would be kind of fun to see that hey you got you gotta you gotta have him wearing the dress though if you bring him back (laughs) he's got to wear the dress (laughs) yeah uh so you know it's it it's gonna be interesting because the mob gimmicks you know uh is there is their feet with them um uh rican recalls recall Gonzalez, you know, the champ, uh, Mandy Rose, good hype for uh, Halloween Havoc. That should be a pretty f- interesting match. Should be pretty good. And uh, let's just uh, say what it is, man. Good setup with the grizzled young veterans uh, with uh, Champa and uh, Breaker. Let's get ready. Braun Breaker, it looks like, is going to be that champion. And, uh, boy, it's going to be – it's. It, Dude, the, the kid is good. He's green, but he's pretty fucking solid green. So that's going to be nice. Yeah. And uh, isn't it interesting that uh, the smart marks uh, have turned on MSK? Uh, and uh, right. Man, that, you know, with the with the potential weeks ago of the rumor that MSK might be let go. That's not a good sign by having people fuck things up for them. And I hope they do not. I hope the fans do not cost those guys their job. Wow. I, 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 I actually, I don't think that that will happen necessarily. I think that they will definitely be cooled off and then the titles will be taken from them. I don't necessarily think that it'll be because the fans are doing it. I think that, you know, as we've talked about on this show, unfortunately, um, while MSK are extremely talented guys, they are unfortunately the a- absolute antithesis of what they are looking for with this new NXT 2.0. Um, and to answer your point, um, I definitely agree, Matt, that Braun Breaker has 141 and two third percent chance of winning at Halloween Havoc. But it's that two thirds that keeps your mind open. I, I, I right. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Havoc is going to be look like overall is going to be uh, a, a great show. So we're going to definitely, uh, yeah, definitely got to talk about that when it's uh, you know after it happens. Um, good stuff. That was your NXT. All right, uh, New Japan, Steve. What uh, what we got next? Well, uh, up next, we've got uh, we got to talk about the G one and how it ended and all the craziness. Please. Last time that w- last time that we were uh, talking about it, mm-hmm. it it looked like as if it was Jeff Cobb's tournament to lose, and well, 
Unfortunately, <laughs> he did. Yeah. He ended up he ended up losing to Okada and uh then Okada went on to uh face the winner of Block A, which just so happened to be Kota Ibushi. And unfortunately, Ibushi was injured. Uh he actually uh injured his right arm uh on a Phoenix splash attempt. So uh the ref stopped the match. Uh the guys have been going on going at it for uh uh, right at 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, un- yeah, unfortunately, uh, Okada wins the ch- wins the um, the G1 tournament by referee stoppage. Wow. Which uh, is definitely unfortunate. Now, um, according to uh, cultaholic.com, mm-hmm. um, the original plans um, were to uh, still have the same outcome. But um, yeah, it would have obviously the match would have ended with Okada picking up the win, probably after hitting uh, three or four Rainmakers. And uh, that would lead to the uh, the championship match at Power Struggle. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. And then Power Struggle is just kicked off, right? That's the next. Yeah. Pow- Power Struggle is where we are headed next. So um, we're going to see exactly what happens. But the next man up for, uh, for Shingo, uh, who is your... New Japan IWGP heavyweight champion is going to be none other than Zack Sabre fucking junior. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So, so Sabre is, he's definitely a polarizing guy. You yeah. either absolutely love his wrestling style or you fucking hate it. Um, there's there. I've found that people really aren't in the middle on it. Um, the people that really that like his his in-ring style absolutely love it the people that hate it absolutely hate it right so um nonetheless it is good to see someone like zach saber jr getting an opportunity uh to go against shingo for the uh for the iwgp world heavyweight championship so um very interesting stuff there we shall see where that goes but uh the the other the other things i mean you've got uh, November 6th is when uh, power struggle is going to be going on. Okay. Um, so you're going to, you're going to be getting uh great Ocon versus Toriano, which uh, it's got to be a comedy match. It's got to be comedy. Um, and then you're going to get tag matches on top of tag matches on top of tag matches. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty stacked show. Um we already mentioned Zack Sabre Jr. and Shingo. Uh, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Okada going up against the only person who he lost to in the G1 tournament, that being Tama Tonga, um, which mm-hmm. obviously the story kind of writes itself there. You've got Hiroshi Tanahashi putting the IWGP United States Championship on the line against Kenta, which uh, should definitely be interesting, and uh, Robbie Eagles versus El Desperado. So very, very cool stuff. Um, again, New Japan, they, they tend to put on solid shows mm-hmm. and uh, consistently some of the best product that is being put out. So if you have an opportunity, New Japan World, NJPWWorld.com, it's less than 10 bucks a month, highly worth it. Absolutely. Thank you much for that, Sin City Steve. All right, guys, we are about to go ahead and uh, and close out wrestling talk. But before we do that, is there anything else that we need to mention, maybe local wrestling or other wrestling shows that 
it was just so important that we need to mention something that happened. Is it something we missed, guys? Um, well, you, you did uh, miss um, one of the big things that I uh, actually told you yesterday as we were walking out of Samstown, and that was that the Briscoe brothers are now the GCW tag champs. That's right. So Moxley's your heavyweight champion, and the Briscoes are your tag champs. They're making a name for themselves, um, you know, carving out a little niche here. So um, keep your, your eyes on uh, GCW and Fight TV. Um, this uh, upcoming Saturday at FSW, it's their Halloween uh, show, um, which is featuring Ice Williams defending the No Limits Championship against Jay Vidal. And congratulations to Jay Vidal, who picked up uh, a title at PCW, um, which is amazing to see. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, speaking of GCW, Brandon Gatson uh, made his return to GCW. Oh, uh, last night as well so a lot of good stuff going on uh, uh please fsw fans uh if you're in town please go check out the show on saturday it of course features the uh battle royal the gimmick battle royal the gimmick infringement battle royal so uh you'll see uh wrestlers doing some of their favorite uh uh you know other wrestlers uh and it's one hell of a fun show um and also um uh, there is uh, other things going on. Uh, Grab House is running, uh, uh, you know, uh, Adriel uh, Noctis and Sandroon and uh, Laz uh, and Jody. They they put together a, uh, you know, a, a new, um, uh, I, well, for better or, or lack of word, I mean, it's, it's essentially a new company, a, a new show that runs, uh, uh, this is going to be, I think, their uh, second one they're running or third one they're running. So, um, you know, check that out if you're here local. Um, and uh, Super Beast uh, is going to be doing a birthday show, I believe, coming up here. Uh, I forget if it's this weekend or uh, next weekend. Uh, I think it might be the first weekend of November. Uh, so uh, check that out uh, at Super Beast's compound. Uh, and uh, just keep your eyes peeled because... Uh, there is going to also be another wrestling company coming into town, and that's Booker T's wrestling company from Woo-hoo. Texas. All right. They're going to be running Man. the MGM, which is amazing. Yeah, brother. Yes, sir. Let's do it. So, so uh, you know, there is a lot of attention being thrown down here. Uh, if you're listening to this today and it's before 7 p.m. and you're in Las Vegas, go to Samstown, catch the uh, last day of taping for uh, television uh, for uh, Impact Wrestling uh, before they come back in November. And uh, again, FSW, you can subscribe to the FSW Network and uh, for your uh, $6.99 a month and uh, you can check out the Halloween show uh, on Saturday night. So, um, dude, there is a lot of shit going and probably didn't even cover, you know, scratch the surface. LFC running on Halloween at the FSW arena. Uh, you know, their, their next, uh, I think this one is uh, booty camp 3d, I believe. Um, I like that. Huge. Name. Yeah. Like that name. Yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Uh, but it's a huge card, uh, including uh, one of our favorites, uh, bell Inc uh you know she'll she'll be here and uh Mm -hmm. there's a lot a lot of uh stuff going on uh check out lc's website because they just list listed all the talent who is going to be involved so if you can't get down there for the show yeah um 
hell, man, get the pay-per-view through OC. And uh, it's it's something entertaining to do on uh, Halloween. But also, if uh, you don't get a chance to watch it on Halloween or you can't get down there, you can also order it and watch it uh, after the fact. So uh, just a lot of stuff going on. Versus probably has something coming up. I, I don't even... You know, can't keep some of this shit straight. I know there's more stuff going on at Super Beast Compound as well. Yeah, it seems like we're running one or two wrestling shows every weekend now in Vegas. So hey, um, it's big, man. It's big. It's the spot, and don't forget, you know, after SummerSlam was announced, they're gonna throw in, you know, Money in the Bank again for next year back at. Allegiant Stadium. So I'm just mentioning that because we're talking about a lot of wrestling coming and even at the big level. I mean, to have two back-to-back stadium shows like that is showing that there's a market here and they and everyone wants to get a part of it and I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> you know, right here in Vegas. So thank you for that information, Matt Michaels. Everyone, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. We thank you for listening to us. We thank you for telling folks about us. Thank you for giving us a, a chance. And we um, we hope to continue to keep you entertained. If you're watching us, uh, we appreciate that. Thank you for hanging out with us. And we're going to be back with Three Count. And remember, you're going to want to hear this because it's a lot. Boy, this is probably the Three Count that you're not going to want to miss because so much has has happened this past week, even some that just happened this weekend, uh, you know, that it's, it's, it's worth talking about. So, if you're if you downloaded this on Monday, don't forget to download Tuesday's episode of Recount. And um, most importantly, let us know what you think about it. All right. Until then, we will see you next time. Take care. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.